first of all, I can sort of relate to it because I have always had a hard time pushing myself to go to a writer's conference. But I will say this, early in the game, it was going to writer conferences that, first of all, you know, you learn things that you won't learn anywhere else. But more importantly, you make really good connections. And it might be connections with other writers that are just near you that maybe you can start a critique group with, which is what I did early on. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. everyone and welcome to a writer's day podcast you hear that that's christmas music and i know it's early but i love all things christmas and i'm so excited to have author melody carlson with me today to talk about her new christmas book but before we get started i just want to thank you for joining me today on my podcast which i started for you years ago because I'm a former writing teacher and I love talking about the writing craft and tips of the trade that I've learned over the years from attending conferences and that's what I share on this podcast. Writing tips for the craft and also interviews with published authors because their stories about how they became published authors are so inspiring and motivational. They'll make you want to Pop off a podcast and open up a document and start writing. That's what I love about their stories. So welcome. As a writer, though, I have had to look elsewhere for motivation on how to help me manage my online platform. It can be so daunting. And so that's why I recommend Mad Lit Assist. With award-winning author Jamie Jo Wright, you can learn so much about how to manage your platform. She can help you. You can sign up for her newsletter to learn more about workshops that are coming up, her mentoring program, and Mad Lit Assist. Because managing your online platform can be daunting. Not to mention trying to think up ways to successfully launch a new book and promote yourself. Are you kidding me? So I reached out to Jamie Jo at Madlit Assist, and I recommend you do too. She comes up with an amazing plan for you and images that you can load onto your social media and so much more. Madlit Assist. Check it out today over at madlitmentoring.com. And you all know me. I write fantasy. I love fantasy adventures. And Lorehaven is a website I recently discovered. Lorehaven is fantastic. It serves Christian fans of fantasy stories that have biblical truths in them. Can you imagine that? Reading a book about dragons and still seeing those Christian principles? That's what I strive for. And Lorehaven is a website that you can go to. It serves you, the Christian fans of books that have biblical truths but are fantastical stories. You can sign up for their newsletter to learn more about them and connect with their Fantastical Truth podcast. Every Tuesday, a new episode is released. I listen to it all the time, and it makes me want to not only read fantasy novels, but 
to continue writing my fantasy stories because I strive to put Christian truths even into my fantasy worlds. She is the award-winning author of more than 250 books. That's right. She has sales of more than 7.5 million, including many best-selling Christmas novellas. So I'm always honored to have Melody Carlson on my podcast because she is who I want to be when I grow up. I love her writing because she chooses to write all kinds of genre, from young adult titles to contemporary romances, and of course... Christmas novellas. So you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to Melody Carlson talk about her new book, A Quilt for Christmas. Hi, everyone. Welcome to my podcast. I'm super excited to have you here with me today because I'm talking again with Melody Carlson about her Christmas book coming up, A Quilt for Christmas. Welcome, Melody. Thank you. Now, the last time we spoke, you were promoting your other Christmas book, and then we talked a little bit about what's happening with The Happy Camper. So why don't you catch up, uh, catch my listeners up to what's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, well, um, as far as The Happy Camper goes, it it was completely filmed and I actually got to see the rough cut which was very interesting but you know still needed editing and I think they're going to try to release it in the fall but I'm I don't think they're really sure when or how exactly yet so I'm supposed to hear any day okay oh that must have been so exciting though to see your words and your story come to life like that it was fun and especially because I did the adaptation this time so Mm -hmm. that was kind of a, a new thing and and it was, it was fun. And it was fun working with Brian Bird. He is amazing. Genius. Mm. So how was that taking your novel and adapting it for a screenplay? I heard that every minute of film equals a page of the script or something. Yeah, that's true. And of course, you know, books are way longer than screen. Screenplays are usually about 110 pages mm. and, you know, books are like 300 and but, you know, the thing about a, a screenplay is you can you can tell so much more because it's visual, you know, so what might take two pages to say you could maybe just show in one quick flash of a scene. So it, it, there's some tricks to it. I think it's really fun because I tend to think graphically anyway. So mm-hmm. it's it stretches me as a writer. Is that important to you to keep trying new things so that you can grow and stretch yourself? Absolutely. I I just, I'm one of those people who loves learning and loves researching things. And I feel like it'll probably keep me younger longer. I keep (laughs) keep learning. Yeah. Right. Keeps the brain strong and going. (laughs) Yeah. And I need that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's great. Now you have a quilt for Christmas coming out with Ravel. Tell us a little bit about that story. How did that come to be? Well, um, I'm, I'm trying to remember. In fact, I was just in a little interview this morning and I was trying to remember what, what was the real seed of that. But I, I live in a quilter town. Um, we mm-hmm. actually have the largest outdoor quilt show in the world in my little tiny town where they hang up literally hundreds. I think, I think it was maybe almost 2000 this year quilts all over the town outside for one day. Wow. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> it, I just thought, 
you know, someday I'm just going to have to do a book about uh, quilts or a quilt. And then I thought, well, why not a Christmas book? And that, that was kind of how it was. The seed was, was planted. That's neat. That's neat that you got inspiration from that. I've never been to one of those quilting, you know, festivals or such, but I do have a lot of friends who are quilters. I don't quite have the patience for that. I'm an artist, so I, I rather paint a picture, but I have the most respect for these ladies that can bring these amazing patterns to life. They're just gorgeous. Right. And, you know, that is exactly what I was writing about this morning was I used to quilt, you know, like little baby quilts and kid quilts and just fun things. And I didn't do a very good job with of it because I just really was more interested in the colors and the design. And then I took a real quilting class mm. and then I decided I hated quilting because it was so <laughs> tedious <laughs> and I never quilted again. And that was about the same time I started to write. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> writing about quilts so much easier right <laughs> but you know I'm kind of that way with the piano too I like to just play in the piano and have fun with it and you know just I'm just kind of teaching myself I can somewhat read music but I thought about maybe getting some lessons and my friend said well she's actually a piano teacher and a wonderful musician and she said well Ruth that might kill it for you so just have fun with it for now play with it and get strong with your left hand, right hand. And um, until you feel a little bit more proficient and then get lessons. And I thought, Oh, that's an interesting thing. And she said, a lot of it is the right brain, left brain right now, my right brain is doing it. And so I'm having fun. But when you start to take lessons or you take music theory, then the left brain gets in there. And that's probably what happened with you. <laughs> you were just that... having fun experimenting, right? Yes, that makes total sense. And, and you know, write, writing uh -huh. is a little bit like that, too, because it's mm -hmm. like I do tell people, you know, don't try to learn too much early on. Just just let yourself write freely, you know, because you that left brain can shut you down. And and some people do that. They get too tied up in knots and, and then they just quit. That's so true, because the left brain is all about that, you know, skill and the mathematics behind everything, the the why behind everything, the step by step process. And you're right, it can kind of just choke all your all of your creativity just away. <laughs> it's the editor, I think the left brain. We'll <laughs> yeah, that's your that, <laughs> that's the editor. Yes, you're having fun writing your story, you give it to the editor and the left brain comes in and ruins everything. <laughs> all right. Well, that's funny. Well, tell us about the story of A Quilt for Christmas. I see that it's about Vera Swanson. What's happening with her? Well, she's um, been recently widowed and through circumstances decides to sell her house and move to be closer to her daughter. And then her daughter moves and she's stuck in this little condo and it's not really what she had planned or wanted exactly. And she's kind of down and out. And this, this little girl comes and knocks on her door and needs help. And it's a family that's recently relocated to the same condominium place. And so she ends up helping this little girl. And what the little girl, the little girl's mom is really sick. And the little girl, after they get her kind of back on the path of getting well, she wants to make her a quilt for Christmas because she finds out that Vera's a quilter. Well, Vera doesn't have, you know, all the things that she would have had where she used to live. And she doesn't have her old quilting friends. And so the little girl kind of, literally takes Vera by the hand and they sort of gather up this sort of motley crew of, of women who either know how to sew or want to quilt and they 
they're all just completely different, different ages, different backgrounds, and they all come together in some very interesting ways and work on this quilt. That's neat. Tell us a little bit about this eclectic group of women that you've created. Yeah, um, one of them, a younger woman, uh, works in a flower shop, and she's kind of a creative artist. She's like, like you or me, doesn't really want to do the quilting. She'd rather do the beauty of it and the color mm. and and um, but a different kind of background. And then another one is an older woman who seems very grumpy and stuck in her ways and she's wealthy and she wants to have it at her house and she wants to control everything. And then another woman, and I, I'm having a hard time remembering their names because it's been a while since I wrote the book, but she is like just Miss Jolly, cheerful and loves to bake. And she's a little bit plump and the, they they just all sort of disagree. One of them hates sugar and thinks nobody should eat sugar. And <laughs> it, it, they just find many things to disagree over. And it's kind of fun because, you, you know, when you rub up against somebody, they sometimes do rub off your rough edges and goodness comes out of it. And so eventually it does. <laughs> That's true. That's neat. Instead of making them all, you know, very similar women coming together, you made them each so different and unique and having to come together and kind of you're forcing them to <laughs> work together right <laughs> exactly and the little girl plays a real part in it too because she kind of just says what she thinks she's kind of an old soul and so that that makes it a little bit interesting it you know the fun thing and I I don't think I really planned this when I was starting the book because I am not like a plotter and a planner mm. but the women are kind of like quilt pieces because they're all different you know and what makes a quilt interesting is different colors different shapes and then fitting them all together and so in a way it, it's kind of like they're stitched together too mm, that's a nice metaphor that's really neat and that's what writing is about I was just thinking about that today <clears throat> how writer the best writers are really good at taking that theme you know and you've got the quilt you know metaphor in there and then you're showing us that by bringing all these women together that they are patched together too for a purpose a bigger purpose so i love that that's that shows you know the strength of a talented writer right there being able to make all those connections <laughs> or or you end up with a crazy quilt which yeah. i could you <laughs> So this is a very uplifting Christmas story. And what other themes are woven into this book? Oh, it, it's, it's sort of, you know, being gracious to each other and accepting our differences and helping people that are in need. And it, it's, it's got a lot of little elements that you can't pack too much into a novella, but that I yeah. try. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You have to kind of skim over things, not get too, too deep. But so Christmas stories, I, the last time I interviewed you was a Christmas story. Does that, is that something that you seem to try and do every year? Yeah, I, I've been doing it. I was trying to figure it out. I'm still getting my bookshelf set up in the new house that we moved into not too long ago. And, and I don't, I realized I don't even have all my Christmas books on the shelf. I need to go digging around. But I, I've, <laughs> It's over 20 years. I know that. So wow. it's over 20 books. And I just finished one that'll be for next year for 2023, which, um, and they're, they're all just really different from each other. I was looking at them and trying to, you know, try to remember what, now, why did I, what did this? <laughs> yeah. That's neat though. I think Christmas always uh, connects to readers. You know, we're always looking for a, 
uplifting, sweet, a romantic, maybe Christmas story. So that's neat that you do that. I like that. Well, and, and mine are probably not as sweet as some because I always have to have my conflict and problems. <laughs> and because, you know, Christmas, I think if you read something that was too sweet, it might make you despise your own Christmas because nobody's life is, is like that, you know, or else make you despise the book. But um, so I do, I do try to throw in a little bit of, a little bit of grist and, a little bit of problems. Yeah. What's, what's the reason behind that? Why do you do that? I just think, I don't know anybody who just has these perfectly wonderful Christmases. <laughs> well, those people on Hallmark do apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably why I haven't had a Hallmark Christmas movie yet. We've come <laughs> close. But it just hasn't really happened, but um, I, and I'm not going to, I'm not putting them down, but sometimes I watch them and I think, yeah, they, they sometimes they're just a little, little sweeter than I would like. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I once had a, a student ask me, you know, why do we always have to put this tension or, you know, this dark moment in a story? Why can't it just be, you know, happy? And I said, well, but that's because life isn't like that. You know, I mean, think about your own life and the, and the struggles that you have. And, and I think when we put those struggles in the book and that tension and conflict, that's what connects with the readers. You've got one reader out there saying, ah, yes. I know exactly right. what this character is dealing with. <laughs> well, and I, I just think it, it, that's what creates plot in my opinion is, is mm -hmm. if you take a person and a problem, it kind of naturally leads to a plot, you know, even if it's just a character driven story, but um, it keeps, it keeps us turning the pages. It keeps us wanting to cheer for the main character or, or punch somebody out or, or yeah, something. Right. Yeah. Keeps us yeah. connected. I mean, your job as the writer is to introduce a character and make us care about them enough to when you do give us an obstacle for that character, we are cheering for them and we want them to succeed. So, yeah, that, I think that makes it fun being a reader. It just makes you feel like you're kind of involved. Yeah. Even in a Christmas story. <laughs> <laughs> even a Christmas story. Yep. <laughs> so what's coming up next for you? Well, um, let's see. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'll be doing another novel here before long. I'm, I'm working on a couple of kind of small things right now. And um, the, yeah, more Christmas books every year. I've, I've contracted for two more. So wow. I'm going to keep that ball rolling. I don't know. Um, also, I, I really want to work on some more adaptation. I, I did my last big, bigger novel, Looking for Leroy came out um, in March and I went ahead and adapted it for a screenplay and it's been looked at. And then um, I, what I want to do is really start going through my books. Cause I have a huge pile mm. and, and just find <laughs> out which ones really, you know, maybe are adaptable and marketable or, or maybe I'll just write an original. I, I have done one original screenplay that that I'm excited about, but you know, selling a screenplay is way harder than selling a book as mm -hmm. probably everybody knows, but it's still, I still want to keep my toe in the water there. Do you think it's because they have to invest so much in making a movie that they have to almost like guarantee it's going to be this big success? Yeah. And you know, it COVID did not help because mm. what happened during COVID. Well, besides the fact that things got slogged, you know, and, and slow down. Uh, the one thing that it did help was, you know, more of these TV opportunities have come up, but 
at the same time, a lot of um, out of work actors, writers, producers got really busy putting things together. So there are just piles and piles of stuff, you know, that are waiting to be looked mm, at and seen. Yeah. And, and I'm probably on the bottom of the pile. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even Top Gun, the, the latest release was delayed, I think, what, two years or something. So yeah, yeah. And with my happy camper, it, it got delayed. It was supposed to start in the fall and it was set in summer but then so then they had to do it in winter and they set it in the fall and it's just Aww. you know it, it yeah things just you have to be adaptable and flexible with it with script and film because it's it's a different medium and so while you're waiting you're just writing more books right why not <laughs> and you've got plenty of readers out there that's for sure yeah wow. wonderful hopefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> So imagine, if you will, you have a new writer in front of you and he or she is kind of just shrugging off conference, you know, writing or going to writing conferences and stuff. And they say, hey, why should I go to a writing conference? What's the big deal? How would you answer that question? Well, first of all, I can sort of relate to it because I have always had a hard time pushing myself to go to a writer's conference. But I would say this early in the game, it was going to writer conferences that first of all you know you learn things that you won't learn anywhere else but more importantly you make really good connections and it might be connections with other writers that are just near you that maybe you can start a critique group with which is what I did early on and then also one of my I think it was really my first writers conference I met the editor that I have stayed with she finally retired but she's the one that we started doing these Christmas books and for years, it was that relationship. And that relationship started at my very first writer's conference. So things can happen there. That's true. You know, you do make connections, you network. I find that it's all about your attitude. You know, why are you going? Are you going because you think the conference is, you know, going to do everything for you? Or are you going to be willing to do something for the conference too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. The, I so, think just mm -hmm. the relationships, you know, and like those friendships and, and feeling like you're not alone, you know, that writers, you know, we're, we are a different bunch, but when you're all together, it, there's something that's just, you know, really encouraging about that. That's true. You do get that encouragement. We, we writers can be very solitary. We can get into our own little world, but you're right. When you go to a conference, it forces you to meet new people and discuss your stories. You kind of get into a practice of telling people what your stories are about or what you write. And that, of course, will help you with a pitch, you know, to an agent or an editor. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, it's funny as we're talking about it, I'm thinking, okay, I do want to go to a conference now. <laughs> <laughs> Even though normally I say I don't, but yeah, there a lot of good comes out of them. Well, Melody Carlson, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with me a little bit about this beautiful book, A Quilt for Christmas, that comes out in September. And I can hardly wait to read it just because the cover is so dreamy and the story sounds amazing. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to, I don't know if people want to um, get a, my newsletter, but I am going to be doing some um, some giveaways, some fun giveaways. So if they go to my website and sign up for my newsletter, they 
might have a chance to win something fun. Ooh, that's <laughs> and great. Not, not just books either. Yeah, right. You can go to Mer- MelodyCarlson.com and you can find her on Facebook too, at Melody Carlson Author. And definitely sign up for her newsletter so you can possibly win a book. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Always a treat to talk to you. Thanks, Ruth. You too. Oh, wasn't that great listening to Melody Carlson talk about her new novella, A Quilt for Christmas? It makes me want to snuggle up with the fire and read Christmas stories like hers. I love Christmas, and I really like listening to Melody talk because she's so inspiring. She's the kind of writer that I aspire to be. Now remember, her writing journey is unique to her, and yours is unique to you. So... Always keep going forward on this writing journey, one step at a time. And until next time, God bless.